Queen Mode Collective. Welcome to another episode of The Queen's Table. I'm Jax, your host and proud Queen Mode ambassador. Before we begin today's episode, we'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners and elders of the lands from which you are listening to this podcast. In this episode, we meet and celebrate a beautiful soul based in London, Sylvia Darkwa Ohimeng. Sylvia is a trailblazing stage manager who is passionate about theatre and those who work so hard backstage. We learn about her journey, finding her passion of stage management and what representation means to her, which led her to start her company, Backstage Niche. Sylvia is inspiring and uplifting and we are lucky to have an insight to her experiences on the other side of the world. Queen Mode Collective Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to meet you. I'm a massive fan. Um, I'm not going to be too silly about it, but I'm just, you inspire me a lot as um, in the work that you do. So I'm very excited to have a chat with you today. Oh, thank you. No, that's okay. Um, so I'm, my name is Jax Compton and I'm working for Queen Mode and um, we're all about empowering, inspiring and telling the world about the amazing stories of First Nations, women of colour around the whole world. So um, having you here today, looking so beautiful as always, um, I'd love to ask you some questions and get to know you more and get the Queen Mode fans to really get to know who you are because eventually we'll be able to go to London and see you and see all the things, creative things that you've been doing. Fingers crossed. Um, So can you tell Queen Mode a little bit about you um, and where you currently live and where your family is from? Oh, I love, okay. Well, I live in the UK. I live in London. Um, uh, my parents, or I'm from Ghana. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, what do you want to know about me? I'm a stage manager. Oh. Um, I yeah. mainly deputy stage manager, so I work in theatre, which involves running shows, technically, Um so basically either operating lights and sound or calling the show in terms of telling the operators when to go. So that's kind of the gist of what I do. Oh, cool. Very important person in the theatre, I might add. Um, <laughs> did you, um, so you say you live in London but and, and your family's from Ghana. Did you always live in London or have you moved around or have you, were you, have you always lived there? I've always lived in London. Um, my parents were born in Ghana. They came here when they were teens, I think. Um, and they met here in London because there was like a big Ghanaian community. So everyone knew everyone. So that's how they met here. Um, we have been back a few times on holiday and things like that. But um, yeah, as far as I know, I, the only thing I remember is moving once in my lifetime. I've yep. Yeah, as a child, I've lived in the same area um, until now, because now I'm married and I've moved in with my husband. Oh, husband. <laughs> we all go, oh, 
Oh, oh congratulations. Thank that's you. very exciting. <laughs> All the grown-up things we do. Um, yep. That's so sweet about your parents, by the way. Um, yes, and London's a wonderful place. Um, that Yes, like I said, hopefully it'll come too soon and we can meet face-to-face and not have to do mm-hmm. these Zoom things, but I'm appreciating this for now. Um, so what I do know about you and how you talked about your stage manager now is that when you were younger, so when you were 15, you were kind of roped in by a friend almost into a like an art summer school. Is that what it is? And it was called Dream Arts. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, it was. Um, so I'm a musician. I played the saxophone. I've played many an instrument when I was young. So I even played yeah. the harmonium when I was in primary school, which is like year six, which is like, what's the age? 10, 11, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because everyone has different levels. So I just realized that actually I'm talking to Queen Mode in Australia. So I don't know what your levels are, but <laughs> the age of like... Yeah. 10, 11, yeah. Um, so yeah, I played quite a lot of instruments. So I was I'm, I was in band at school and a friend was already part of a youth theatre organisation, uh, like you mentioned, called Dream Arts. And they needed a saxophonist. And my friend was like, they need a saxophonist, come down. And I was like, oh, okay. And you know, when you're young, you're not really doing anything in the summer. So we thought it was no. it was fun. I was like, let's get out of here. Let's do something. Um, so the first year I was in the band of the play, um, which was great. So it's it was called Street to Stage. So it was young people who were able to make, choreograph, write, and you know, create a show in Holborn, which is kind of like close to the West End. So it was in the city. Um, And we did it all summer. And then we did shows, like, I think we did about four shows in the weekend. So we had like four weeks to do a show, get it on, tech, everything. Yeah, it was, it was pretty mad. But I think when you're young, the adrenaline's there. So you're like, oh, this is so exciting. Um, So the, so that's how I got into it. And I asked if I could come back and do something else. And they said, yeah, sure, you can, do whatever you want to do. I wasn't too sure what it was, but I knew I wanted to like help out backstage and be a part of that. So when I came back the following year, we were just painting sets. We were putting like wheels on tables, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then the company manager took me aside and was like, Sylvia, how do you feel about being a deputy stage manager? And I was like, what's that? And she told me and I was like, are you mad? I was like, you want me to run a show with no experience? I only came here to paint some tables and put some wheels on. You know, like, I was living my happy life. Now I've got like responsibility. Here. You know, I have to tell my peers, this is your final call. Mm. I have to tell my peers, why were you late? <laughs> it was so strange. Yeah. But yeah, it was great. She taught me everything. Um, that she knew and when I ran that show I think I was 16, 17 at the time it was great I absolutely loved it amazing sorry about that oh no evacuate it's just the usual Thursday tester and it's done great oh yeah (laughs) we love those we love those don't we yeah you know what's interesting is that I had a very similar fall into the arts world a very similar yeah it was my brother and it was for a youth dance company and and it was I was I was 14 and he auditioned and he was a footy player and I was like what you can't dance 
and then I, but that was the challenge and I did it and got in and then I just, that's Cut been it. my career is, you know, just from that little choice, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So when I read that about you, I was just like, this is amazing, you yeah. know, because at that age we're all looking for our place, our, yeah. where we belong, especially, you know, yourself and myself in this country and yourself in your country. Like it, it feels like we need to find our place where we can put our shoulders back and go, ah. exactly. you know, and that was the youth arts place that I was. Is that the same for Dream Art for you? Yeah, I didn't realise. I was just going back, having fun. I thought, whoa, this is something to do every summer. It was great. You know, when you have African parents, it's like, you're not going anywhere. Who's this friend you're with going to the park? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, sometimes we went out, sometimes we are chilling in the house. Like, it was great to just go somewhere every summer. And um, yeah, and then the artistic director of the theatre that we did the shows in um, took me aside and was like, Sylvia, you've been doing this for quite a while now and it's time for you to go to uni. Is this something you want to do? And I had no clue. I was like, what? And I wanted to be a lawyer. That's where I was headed. Yeah, wow. And I was yeah. like, ooh, this is interesting. So she gave me a book of drama schools. She spoke to me about the, some of the drama schools that she knew. And that's, yeah, that's how it happened. I just applied for drama schools. My mum came with me to the interviews because um, she saw I was really serious. So she was really supportive. Um, yeah, it was great. Oh, wow. And I ended up going to Roseburyford, which is in Sidcup, Kent, for three years doing stage management. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was great. My, just, my career kind of took off from there because in my second year I started working professionally in drama school um, wow. in the theatre for about six years on and off freelancing then I finally kind of broke free and started working in various places so and touring and stuff mm. so it's been it's been mad but I think naturally I was organised so I liked organisation I had a final fax I liked folders I liked pencil cases oh oh yes yeah. I'm with you, a hundred percent. I'm a highlighter person. Got to highlight different color pens. Have yeah. it all out. Like, none of this digital stuff. I'm all like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little tabs, colored tabs. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is what this means. Like, yeah. So yeah. I think I naturally kind of fell into that role and thought, oh, I didn't know there was a job that, you know, even though it's hard, but yeah, it's fun. It's nice mm. to meet different people and uh, work on various shows and. Yeah, it just opens your eyes up to people's minds and people's worlds. Totally. And for those of the Quimo family that don't know, like stage management is the machine behind the show. Like if, if there's not a great stage manager and the background, shows don't go on. So, you know, just for those, I mean, I know, but people out there might not know like how important that position is. Mm. Because when you're growing up, it's can you act? No, you can't act. Can you write? No, you can't. Can you write? Can you direct a little bit, you know, or, you know, or you're a choreographer or whatever. But a stage man is all the things, right? It's a bit of everything. Yeah. It's a bit of pastoral yeah. care. It's a bit of, this is the budget. Yeah. It's a bit of negotiation. It's a bit of organization, being on time, making sure that it's just like running a tight ship, really. You don't have to be firm, but nice. Oh. So there's like a, there's a weird yeah. medium that you have to be as a stage manager. Yeah. I mean, it's not dissimilar to being a lawyer. A little bit. It's like you have to be organized and you might have to be a bit firmer, but it's, it's, it's similar. You have to be organized and, and yeah. worry about time and budget. So that's really interesting. <laughs> um, but now, 
like now you have your own company. Who um, am I? Is it one? Who am I? Who? What? What? Is it one years old? Is it just one? One? Yeah, we're one. <laughs> it's called Black Stage Niche for those of you who are oh, no, at home. Stage. Black Stage Niche. Backstage. Backstage, backstage, yeah. Everyone gets that. Everyone's like, is it backstage? I was like, no, it's backstage. It's for all cultures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Backstage, niche. Um, so how did you get there? Because it's such a massive move. I know, like, um, you're freelancing and you've got your degree and there's something there that you want to follow. So how did that happen? Yeah, I that idea came when I started uni. It was all got to do with dream arts and me starting uni. So that's where that seed started. Um, mm. I went to uni and so basically, you know, when I said I had started with dream arts, everybody was from everywhere. It was city kids, yeah. we, you know, we're a diverse culture in London. So it, everyone was from everywhere. It's only when I went to drama school is when I realised... I was the only person of colour in my class. And that was very odd for me because I came again from a school for multi-faith, um, you know, pupils. And then I went to, you know, the theatre and it was just really odd. I had never been in a space where I was the only one until I went to uni. And I was like, wow, mm. I'm here for three years and I'm the only one in mm. my class who looks like me. So I kind of went back to my mentor, Anne-Marie, who works at Dream Arts, who was a stage manager. So that's where I kind of learned that from and who kind of inspired me to carry on stage managing. Um, and I was like, Anne-Marie, I'm the only one. What's going on here? She's like, but didn't you not realize that when we were working in the theater that all the kind of head of departments and all the people overseeing us, all of them were, uh, you know, white people and, you only saw the people who were working at Dream Arts, again, who were from different, you know, backgrounds. We dealt with them more. So I didn't really, we no, I don't think I really noticed it. So I was like, there must be more of us out there. There must be a community out there. And then she was like, what are you going to do about it? I was like, what am I going to do about it? I was like, okay, <laughs> like have a sit down, write it out. So originally it was supposed to be like, maybe like an agency or a community group with people mm -hmm. from various backgrounds who like doing technical, working in technical and backstage theatre. So I kind of wrote it out and left it for many, many a year. But what I did is plant mm -hmm. seeds within my career because I only just started. I didn't know anyone. So I just started planting yeah. seeds throughout my career telling people that if this thing existed, is it something that you would sign up to? Is it something that you would be part of? Is it useful? And most of it, all of it was all, not most, all was really good feedback. Mm. So the pandemic came and again, you know, like everyone else, my show stopped. I was in Manchester doing a show, got cut that, like cut short and we came home to London. And then that's when I just kind of started backstage niche you know I just kind of thought why not start planning start thinking about maybe starting it you know my husband was like why don't you just start it just do it and I was like oh yeah okay and that's what happened mm -hmm. like brewed for like four or five months or something and then I've just launched it in August amazing and it's for um, everyone right every man female all the 
diverse background, face, everything. Is that is that backstage niche? Yeah, so that, so what it is now is um, a database of professional freelancers who are from culturally diverse backgrounds who work in technical and backstage theatre. So theatres, production managers, they pay a subscription fee every month to access that so mm-hmm. that they can hire the freelancers. Um, it's not about saying like, oh, we need jobs. It's about actually opening your doors opening your spaces and making them more diverse to reflect the city that we live in and not be like stuck in your ways in your same circles and 2020 has really shown us and put a light on everything negative so everyone is now like everyone's back is up and they're wanting to be more proactive because before 2020 everybody was just kind of saying it maybe signing a few things but not actioning it now people are being monitored people are making sure they're putting their money where their mouth is so that's what that is and then we have um, a new to the industry page which is free to access for those who have just graduated to allow them to like fill their cvs get more experience so that's free to access and then we also, in return, so it's free to join, but in return, we ask that the freelancers take part in panel talks, workshops, mm. educational videos, so that we can also get young people that look like us into the industry, even if they were thinking about it or if they didn't know anything about it. It's just educating them so that, you know, you're not sitting yeah. in the class and your teacher is saying, you know, like you mentioned before, can you act, can you direct, can you write? And then that's it. And then you're shoved to the side mm. saying, do you want to run sound? That's not what we want that to be. We want it to be, do you want to do sound? Do you want to do lights? Do you want to do stage management? The same way you've got that energy for acting, we want that for the backstage team because it's showing young people that those skills are transferable, that if they like fashion, they could be a costume designer. If they like making things, they could be a set designer. You know, so all these things is what we're trying to spread around the world. Yeah, and... We're over here. It's the same. I'm currently doing my master's at the National Dramatic Arts School mm. um, in, in cultural leadership. And I'm the only one in my class, the First Nations woman in my class. And mm. at my age, which isn't young, by the way. <laughs> um, you look, it, good. You look just, good, Max. Thanks. Thanks, my friend. It's, you know, it's very... <laughs> painted on you know um You're but yeah it's the same thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> how we roll you know um it's the same here and it's you know here in australia is so well, institutionalized and everyone is you know it's it's the work the hard work needs to be done now and like exactly what you said 2020 shone the biggest spotlight yeah. on our industry and it was like what are you doing about this yeah so, um, it's an interesting, yeah, so interesting that you and I are talking right now is because I, you know, I'm currently doing my research project about representation mm. and in the front of, in front of the curtain, behind the curtain, all the things, um, in theater. So it's just, it's just universal. This chat yeah. is very, I'm getting, getting all the gooseys all <laughs> over me because I'm just so It's yeah. What? What's happening over here is happening over there. And so it's just showing our Queen Mode fan, like this is, we're all in this together yeah. almost, you know. So yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I mean, it's so important. And what's important is 
you're sharing this with the next generation so hopefully they don't have to exactly sort of have to go through that yeah because a lot of that work at the moment the only people in their classes so we we had like a networking event online and we had about eight drama schools with people who were in teaching not teaching sorry studying production arts and we had like a massive you know kind of talk and they were all like I'm the only one. I'm one of two. I'm the only one. I didn't realize that we could actually be in the industry. So it was good for them to see professionals talk to them and say, you can do this and that it will be fine. We're trying to, you know, people are trying, you know, teams are being more diverse. You know, theaters are trying, but there is a lot of work to do. Totally. Totally. It's amazing the work you're doing. And I'm sure these young people with big hearts are so appreciative that they can see almost this pathway now, whereas before there were gaps, right, in that pathway. Exactly. So and then mentorship with our freelancers, so they, you know, they have like a door, a window and some sort of comfortability to get into the industry. So, yeah. That's amazing. No more breaking through the door. It's like the door's there already, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're saying. I don't saying. know about that analogy, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> open. I don't know why you're shutting it. Leave it open. We're all coming through. Yeah, that's it. Just bring it on in, everybody. Um, but the theatre world, like we kind of been touching on, it's a tough gig. There's no, you know, it's tough, and the times and that you have to be working is tough. Um, but what do, you, what motivates you to keep going? You know, in those tough days where it's just a bit like, okay, especially with COVID, what motivates you to just keep doing this for, yeah. Because I've been, yeah, yeah. I was like, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, because I've been doing it for quite a long time, you kind of accumulate friends in the industry that you like working with. So you do come back working with friends. Um, which is great because then it's like we create our own, little bubble our own space because you know mm-hmm. when we've all tried to get into other other spaces you know we're either the only one or you know we don't get in so when it's like other people of color in your team you're just like okay we can all relax and we can support each other so when it is hard yeah. we all know that the default is to work harder because that's what we've all been taught we have no choice but to work 10 times harder than our counterparts unfortunately so when it is hard we try to support each other we try to lift each other Mm. we try to be like come on we've got this let's do it because in our minds it's like we can't have that slip up we can't have that one thing that's Mm. wrong because then it's like oh you see we knew they couldn't do it oh we knew you couldn't you know so stuff like that always goes in yeah Yeah, which is not healthy, but it is where Mm -hmm. we are. So when you have a team that is, you know, and also it's great to have allies as well that support that as well. I'm not saying like Mm -hmm. everyone, you definitely have allies that also support. Um, But yeah, I think what it is, is having each other in the industry to fall back on and to be like, you've got this, you know, a lot of, you know, I've been doing a few shows and some people are like, it just feels like imposter syndrome, you know, and it's just like, no, you've got this, this is yours, you know, mm. there's a reason why you're here, you know. I'm sure even I've felt that. So I think, yeah. Oh, yes. It's about supporting each other. It's really. a big thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So true. And you talked about 
you know, you're having that safe space with your, you know, your peers and, and your colleagues. But you also talked about having your mentor, which was Anne Marie. Is that her name? Anne Marie as your mentor. Yeah. Is she still your mentor? Is that how important is that relationship to you? I know she's not my mentor anymore. I feel like I've broken through because I'm a big, big woman, Jax. I'm a big, big woman. But um, okay, okay. Your no, colleague? Oh no, no friend. Yeah, my friend. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, every so often, you know. Um, you know, I think life takes over, so I haven't been in touch as yeah. much. Oh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're on socials, you, you see, like, oh, well done. and Oh, you finally did it. You finally made the company. Even the artistic director of that theatre, we're on socials, and she's like, you did it. You you did the company. And that's like, I don't know. I don't know why he told <laughs> you that. But, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, oh. I always think about Anne-Marie. And even on the way, like, throughout my career, there have been other people that have that I've you know met and supported. You know, there's another one called another stage manager called Cynthia that I really okay. do admire and who I met some years ago in my career and who also kind of gave me opportunities in certain shows to work with her because again she's like the older generation of stage management. But when you see that you've got you know a younger generation of like a black woman who's also in there, you're like, okay you can get into these spaces. If I can help you get into those spaces, then you're in and it's great. So that's what yeah. I'm trying to do. Cause I know that other people yeah. have helped me to get into those spaces that like my career is not only just about, you know, who I am and what I do, but also the people and that I've met within my career are the ones that have, yeah, put me forward for jobs or, you know, recommended me or, you know, so I think it's, it's all those things when you're a freelancer mm. in theatre. So important. Yeah. So good. Lifting each other up, you know, even when we're not in the room, it's amazing. Yeah. You gotta do that in the art. You really have to do that in the art. Yeah. You just Me have too. to drop drop your your names in when they're not around. Um but um I do wanna go back again to you mentioned you played the saxophone. You know, you played all these instruments, which is amazing. Yes. Do you still play? Do you still play instruments? I try, but uh, my saxophone yeah. is poorly and I need to get it fixed. But I do try to play oh. all my old music and stuff. So, yeah, I do try to play. I was part of a samba band as well. So, but again, life oh. life takes over. Yeah, the oh, festivals yeah. and stuff and life takes over and theatre hours are crazy, as you know. So you slowly kind of have to drop out of that because... You're too tired. I, you know, you can't do two shows on the Saturday mm-hmm. and then go do a festival on the Sunday. You're like, I can't do this. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I love music. I absolutely love music. I've, you know, every, you know, everyone's first instrument is like, I played the recorder. So, but I took it further. <laughs> I played... Was that you, Jax? Did you also play the recorder? <laughs> <laughs> I feel really seen right now. I'm just going to put my hand on the camera. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and I was like, I did the recorder, then I did like the treble recorder, then I did like some weird other recorder that looked like half a clarinet. It's like, I just kind of went up oh, and up. Then I played the violin for a bit and I was like, that's not for me. It's a bit annoying. Then I played the harmonium, which was really fun because it was like a piano that you breathed air in, you pumped air into it. And I was like, this is fun. It was mad. And then I just played the saxophone and then, yeah. And then I played, did samba 
which was great. I did it for many years mm -hmm. since I was like 14 to mid twenties, I think. That's when I had to kind of, or early twenties, I had to drop out a bit, but yeah, it was, music is a big part of who I am. I played a bit of piano, but I wouldn't really claim that. I've forgotten how to play. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. my, my fingers are just too short, let's be honest. <laughs> Um, but when you when you when you listen like putting these things in when you listen to music what music genre or genres or artists do you listen to when you like relax when you mm. are trying to just zen out there's a few things like if I was chilling at home and I wanted to like so if I was chilling at home, I'll listen to like Magic Soul because it's all like the oldie songs, which is really cool from back in the day. So Magic Soul is what usually is on. And then if I was like chilling and reading a book, it would be like chilled hip hop beats instrumentals from like YouTube. Mm. You can get this ongoing chill beat uh -huh. thing, which is great because when you're trying to work or read and there's no lyrics, it's easier for me as opposed to being like, Every word oh, and what I'm reading now, you know what I mean? Like for me, I just can't because I'm now focused on the lyrics. So, <laughs> so it has to be an inst instrumentals when I'm working or reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then okay, okay, yeah. And then Afro beats is when I'm out and about in my ear. That love gets it me. in transit, walking, train, public transport in your car. Yeah, I love that. So mix. And what about for like? pump you up like before a show or do you go do you pump up before a show or do you because oh, I'm a pump up yeah but the shows you mm. I think the shows it depends on the shows you do but no I've never no I've never had to be like I, I know I had to get my energy up so I'm a little bit silly I'm a bit of a silly person so I'm just like yeah. let's, let's go I've got to come on but Oh, that's an interesting thing. I don't think I've listened to music to pump me up to get ready for a show. I just have to be like alert, mm. but also quite calm. So once I get to my desk, I'm just chilled. And then I'll go through my book a yeah. little bit just to be like, cool, I've seen the book. And then I just kind of get the show going. But yeah, that's interesting though. It's only when I go to work. Yeah. It's the Afrobeats, yeah. it's a bit of grime, it's a bit of this. So it's a bit, it's, it's a mix, yeah. Love it. Love that. Love all of that. And the other day, it's so funny that you were singing Whitney just before. I was on my computer work. I think I was doing a uni assignment of all things. And on MTV was um, Queen of the Night, which is my jam. Like, jam of all jams. Like, if I was a boxer, I'd come out to that song. Like, that's how <laughs> much of a, my, my jam that is. Yeah. And I was just dancing around and my dog was just like, what? Mama, are you doing? And my husband was like, really? And I was like, mm, just feels good sometimes mm -hmm. to be silly and listen to that sort of music. So I feel yeah. you, all of that. Yeah. Um, we're almost coming to the end of this amazing chat. I don't want it to end, but a um, couple of things to finish with is what, what inspires you? Oh. It's a hard question. Mm. I think maybe not... Uh... I think what inspires me is other people, what am I saying? Like, I think there's maybe two things, other people supporting each other 
So it's like once you're up that ladder or you're climbing that ladder, you're bringing that, you're, you're, you know, giving the ladder down for someone else to come up. That kind of analogy. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. But um, yeah. I like supportive, you know, people just helping people up. It's not about like just you and then you're leaving everybody else behind. So I like supportive people, people who um, go above and beyond to support people because I've been in that position where people have supported me and I've tried to definitely do the same. Mm. Um, oh, I forgot what the second thing was. My brain's gone. Um, yeah, I think it's just people. I think people inspire me. People who are oh, brave enough to do things that they normally wouldn't do or, yeah, just going to the unknown and being like, I'm just gonna do and see what happens. Cause I never thought I was that kind of person, but now starting backstage niche, it's a bit like, ooh, I'm now that person. That's crazy. You are that person. That's wild. Amazing. But I wouldn't be here without support from friends and colleagues, yeah. you know, right now I don't have a big team. It's just me and um, another colleague called EJ that I met when I was stage managing. So she's really been really supportive, helping me with backstage niche. We're going to slowly grow the company a bit. But yeah, it is hard because, you know, we all work as freelancers as well as trying to keep the company afloat. So it's it's a lot. But I think you just have to keep mm. driving and keep pushing through when you know that other people need this, when you know that this is useful for the younger generation. So, yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. And then you kind of touched on it, but... So what's next for you? What does 2022 look like? I mean, we used to be counting in five years and now because of all the things that's going on in the world, now we're like, okay, the next day I'm going to be doing this. <laughs> but what Can you see into 2022 yet? I don't know. Um, as a freelancer, I'm already kind of booked working till Wow. end of June-ish, I think. Um, so that's kind of a thing of where, like, I'm so fortunate. Like, I'm like, okay, great. That's that's where I can plan. But, yeah, I think my focus mm. now for 2022 is to make Backstage Niche, like, even better, even bigger. Um, you know, I'm learning a lot of things on the way. So hopefully those things that I'm learning are more refined next year. Um so yeah, I think it's just yeah. Well, so excited for you. Let's see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> what's the like what this year, Jax? <laughs> um, a few interesting things coming my way. Um, a few art things because nice. you know I had babies, so I put my career aside and all the things, and now my career is coming to some sort of something and I'm in my age demographic that I'm like, oh, so we bit of art next year, which is theatre, which is really exciting. That's um, and now I'm just going to come to London so I can see one of your shows and meet you face to face. I'm just going to put that out there so that <laughs> universe works its wonders and then it just happens, you know. Um, but, yes, finally we're going to finish this amazing chat with quick fire questions so you just got to go first thing you think of when i say this quest these questions there's not many there's five okay ready favorite actor alive or past oh that's strange how do i not have a favorite actor <laughs> that's okay oh 
that's very bad. I quite like either Angela no. Bassett. It's really no, weird. No. Angela Bassett or um, Robin Williams. I'm quite of a comedic. I love. Oh comedic. yeah. And he was quite good old school. Hmm. So good. That's yeah. great. Great answer. Great answer. Okay. The best theatre play ever. No, Jax, you can't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> best theatre play ever. Do you know what? I'm going to go with the first play that I saw that planted a little yeah, seed okay. in me to be like, oh, I wonder what happens backstage. Is Lion King. I know it's generic. I know it's generic. But it was one of the first things I watched, and it was a trip. It was a trip. It was again. a trip. I saw that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I wonder how old this was. This is great. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I wondered that and I wasn't even trying to know what, like all the, everything, the whole yeah. production was just insane. How do you do that on a stage like that? Anyway, yeah. we could talk about that for another episode, but um, okay, here's a good one. Your pet peeve in the theatre. Pet peeve. <laughs> it's either those who are consistently late mm. and still want to have their break. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, um, yeah, maybe we'll stick with that. There must be something. There must be a pet peeve in theatre. Oh, I just hate that. It's always dusty. Yes. All theatres are dusty. So true. What is up with that? You all got cleaners. And also, where's the invention of the dust prop duster? You can't just push the dust. you got to suck it up. But if you... Use a vacuum, the whole prop goes with it, or the costume goes with it. Oh, um, it's just, I think, because I freelance quite a lot. So I think every fit I've been to at least has like something's dusty, and you're like, come on, guys. But I think it's going to be better now because of COVID. Everyone's really meticulous. Uh, This is true. This is true. So fingers crossed that no dust, no more dusty theaters. This is a hard one. It's kind of like the acting one, but your favourite song of all time. Oh. Um, I think it's more of, okay, so it's not a song, but it's like a collection of songs from when I was young and my dad played a lot of Ghanaian high life music which was kind of back wow. in the day. Yeah, and that's what we kind of grew up on at home. So my dad really liked a lot of Ghanaian high life, but then there was a pinch of Michael Jackson in there. So that's what he was listening mm. to. So that's all I know. But yeah, the high life, the Ghanaian music of high life and the, the obvious songs. Oh, yeah. If you're Ghanaian, you'll know. Like there's these obvious songs that come up in like parties and stuff like that, these high life songs. Yeah. That's what I... Oh, no. Nice. Well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> now that I um, okay, and the last one is your goal for the future of theatre in the UK. My personal goal, or what I hope. Oh, uh, yeah, either, either, whatever mm. you feel like answering. Mm. I don't know. I feel like hopefully 
next year or by the at the end of next year statistics for you know diversity in technical and backstage is a little bit higher you know you can only ask for a few percent you can also you can only ask for so much but I do hope it's different from this year I do hope it's it continues to grow um yeah that's what I hope because then we eventually we should come to a point where we don't have to have this conversation and then we just we're just all working basically just working we're just in the theater yeah yeah it's just a representative yeah. of the city that you live in that's all yeah that's exactly right well thank you thank you thank my sister you. for joining us at queen mode i have had a blast been good i feel very honored to, to talk to you and get to know you more and like i said universal align and i'll be in london very soon i'll be like it's me um but yes i'm you know wishing you all the best all the health in the world being safe and getting through this tough period but yes thank you the same to you jacks the same to you oh thank you If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and would love to hear more inspirational stories, consider joining QM Sanctum. This is our virtual home, membership space and community filled with passionate people also dedicated to the personal development of First Nations women. We'd love to connect with you on there. Also remember to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a pleasure as always and we'll catch you on the next one.